We come to you live from the back alley of the 5DR five-day rental video store, one of the worst places in America, if you ask me. May as well be hell here for American Hardcore Wrestling. That's right, the return of Man Against Beast. And tonight's title bout, Two Beasts and One Sad Pathetic Loser. And I'm here with that sad loser. Last week, beaten to death by a camel. About so sad that the crowd started chanting, One Hump Chump. And now, going for retribution... I'm with that sad sack right now, Kron the Skeleton Boy. How are you? Never better. Now, last week... One hump jump! One hump jump! He's leading the crowd in a one hump jump. This is the way to control your branding. Now, Kron, what is this new face paint look? You've got a Dias de Lela Muentos look. Like a Day of the Dead, if you will. Yeah, the Lucha Libre, dude. You lean it into it. People love that shit. All right. Now, what is your strategy going into tonight's uh, main event? Uh, I think I'm going to try to flip him over, get on top of him, rock his world, leave him with a smile. All right. Now... You may think you are fighting a, another human man. Are you aware that you are actually fighting a um, alien parasite controlling a dead corpse? One hump jump. One hump jump. And there you have it, folks. A man leaning into his moniker, the one hump chump, Kron the Skeleton Boy. And I'm now joined by the proprietor of this 5DR, I don't know, American misstep, Laundry McDan. How are you? I'm doing well, counting the stacks of money that are flowing in right now, currently. So much so, keeping you in fake mustaches. Yeah, Sharpies, they're all right. Interesting. Now, where did you find this alien creature that Kron the Skeleton Boy will be battling tonight? You know, you can never uh, underestimate the endless corners of the internet. Are you, talking, are you talking dark web, sir? Dark, light, medium, mild, hot. Yeah, I got people reaching out. I got fingers in in every uh, Petri dish. That's the bell, and these two are off. (laughs) Remember the fourth. (laughs) One hump jump. One hump jump. One hump jump. One hump One This week on Five Day Riddles, The Hidden. Welcome back, everybody, to Five Day Rentals. We are the video store podcast where each week we take turns picking a flick that we think meets a fun, not genre category. 
And this week is the second pick for Bones' category of QT's Cuties. And this week pick, pick, is The Hidden from 1987, directed by Mr. Jack Shoulder. And I am going to be taking you through this Ferrari ride of a thrill show. Um, as always, I'm here with my other two aliens that I control, Bones and Cron Howard. How are you? Hey, Cron Howard doesn't take a dive for anyone. <laughs> are you happy to be here now? Yeah. It's, it's going to be a lovely night. I can tell from your energy. <laughs> yeah, bring it down, dude. I mean, we've recorded over a hundred episodes. Do I? Do we really have to be excited to be here? I think there's a expectation that the introduction to the show should have energy that says, "Hey, this will be fun. Continue listening." All right. Do you want me to do it over? No. Maybe you're getting all these downloads for your episodes because people are like, shit, I can put that on and go right to sleep. Continues to play and they don't push pause or mm-hmm. roll over to another podcast. Yeah, they save those good podcasts for the next day. Even though we're the only movie review podcast out there. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Just us. If you're listening, don't go looking. There's none out there. We're the only ones doing it. And if you're listening and you have a movie review podcast, maybe uh, you're fucking losing your mind. Mm -hmm. You're gaslighting yourself. None of those fucking wires are hooked up to anything. (laughs) But if you got more followers than us, you guys, you can guest on our show. Just give us a a holler and invite us over too, Mm -hmm. please. Please. And take your pick, because there's varying levels of energy here within yeah, this show. That's true. Um, 1987, The Hidden. Have you guys seen this before? I hadn't even heard of it. I'm with Bones. Yeah. But it's one of those that as soon as we announced it, we got like kind of a flurry of, hey, that's an awesome movie, so... Again, I had to lower my head in shame. Why did you lower your head in shame? Well, I always feel an immediate uh, embarrassment that I don't know a movie. Why? Sometimes, I don't know. Like, I'm open to the idea. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Do you think you're expected to know every movie? (laughs) There's something about like, well, I I, uh, I feel confident enough to record my voice and post it on the internet talking about movies, but also at the same time, the same these same people, I could probably list off countless movies that they've never heard of, right? So, varying like when, tastes. The Hidden isn't a movie that I would have sought out, right? There's other movies from 87 that would have piqued my attention. It's like when my wife's like, you haven't seen that? And I'm like, really? I have a list of... 200,000 movies you haven't seen. You got like a 10. Why won't you watch The Cutting Edge with her, Dan? Uh, she always says that whenever I... Dirty Dancing, I think. Havana Nights or OG? 
Oh, gee. Okay. Hey, uh, I don't. I don't even think she's seen Havana Nights. Hey, Dan. Yeah. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Yeah, I don't know what that reference is. It's probably from Ghost or something. I've never seen that either. Does baby uh, take a dive? Had the time of my life, and I owe it all to you. Is that from Ghost? Yeah. I swear. I can't for the life of me. Is that's Swayze, right? Yeah. He's in the movie. Yeah, he's not singing okay. that song. Whoopi is in that one too, isn't she? Whoopi. <laughs> yeah, just, I just asked if that was Ghost or that's a song is from, right? Mine's no, from- she's in Ghost. The song's from Dirty Dancing. <laughs> Full disclosure, I woke up 10 minutes before we hopped on the Zoom. Why? Because you've been I, drinking all day? No. And then you spent those 10 minutes doctoring photos of Shut the fuck your emails. Up. Talk about gaslighting. <laughs> I apparently fucked up the cold open. No, you didn't. Every cold open is fucked up. Yeah, I know, but it was enough that afterwards... Even Kron's like, dude, you fucked it up. Like you said the wrong thing. It's like well, Kron, this is the first time. Your timing was wrong. A hundred percent. No, no. Kron is a hundred percent right. He was explaining why. Me, me, nor Dan knew which one yeah. was supposed to come in. So I, we'll see if that's corrected or not, or if the listener is also confused. It's been recorded, so it's going to come out no matter what. That's why it's BM thing. You are just a musical jukebox tonight. Trying to build that Spotify list out, dude. It, it is your job. You yeah, claimed go for it. it. Did you hear him? Mm-hmm. Did you hear him? That's on That's on record, too. Yeah, I'll put it together. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. Got his ass. I'll get right on it. He'll start it. He'll put two on there and then say, his hey, it's public. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to go back and add the previous hundred episodes. Yeah. yeah, the li- the the list starts now. That or we can ask listeners to say, "Hey, hop in the Discord if there's a song that we haven't added to this playlist yet." I'm adding that one from Dirty Dancing and uh, Bile from Episode One. <laughs> That's it. And the time of my life. Free Willy song. Okay, I'll add that one. Thank you. The hidden. Did did you guys uh did you enjoy the hidden? I think so. There's a killer soundtrack on this thing. It's pretty good. I sent you the link earlier. I think yeah. I enjoyed a lot about this movie. I like to hear that. Because I am currently on a mission to remove some movies from the top ten of Karan Howard's. It's my personal goal. I don't think you did it tonight. You don't think I did it tonight? I'm, I'm calling it. I don't think. I don't think I this think, makes top 10. I think it makes top 10. I'm just going to start giving everything you pick a one. Yeah. You can't sabotage like that. Why? And then you just, our own picks, we just give fives mm-hmm. to counteract and we'll just build the middle list. So there are no more review shows. This is why, this is the checks and balances of the system. Yeah. 
This is not holding up the integrity of the list. Unless you're Kron you, and you can pick something outside of what should be picked, whine about it enough, and cash your in your favorability with with the uh, teens of uh, teens, the dozens of Discord members who say heal the podcast, do big trouble. Mm-hmm. I didn't pick that movie. Still complain all the <laughs> way through the record. Give it a five. I didn't pick that movie. <laughs> Fucking genius. The people picked the movie. <laughs> I think I think there's only one of us literally upholding democracy on this podcast. And you it's are Kron the Howard. fucking deep state. Listen to you. Yeah. No. I'm pretty sure I'm the one who suggested, hey, why don't we throw it to the people? So. Can uh, I just say. Revolutionary yeah. over here. I was cool with letting the people pick. Now, Bones came along and said, hey, you can vote twice, by the way. So, I mean, that's pretty. Undemocratic. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to drive engagement. And then Dan just came in. Wait and a minute. Said, so said, I, I, I want to remove stuff from the list. No, I won this elect. I won this election. Then. No, you guys, you two are yeah. crooked. You two are no, crooked. I won. We should have did the fanatic. I won. How no, I won? I showed I, you the math. I never conceded. Jesus See, Christ. See, if you're going to say all this stuff that tears down democracy, you can't call yourself. Guys, you're in luck. I have the plot for The Fanatic right here in front of me tonight. I'd rather watch The Fanatic, I think, than The Hidden. I don't watch any of these, so it's going to be the same either way. That's kind of interesting. The truth is all. This didn't. Look, Big Trouble did not heal anything. It just further divided us. It only deepened the crevice. Do so, Kron, I'm taking show, it down to a 2.5. You can't. I can. You do that in a review. It's already on the list. Do you think the show would be more entertaining if we were able to give our scores and our thoughts up front? If I came out here and I was like, oh, my God, the hidden man, what a what a four star, blah, 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 and just praised it the whole time. Would that be more fun? No, because when we have a movie that we... Well, I guess that wouldn't make sense. No, I don't think so. Because we, we built it in a way so we could have Rate My Letterbox, but then also, like, you know, what the fun of it is to try to pepper stuff out. So, yeah, people love the arguing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do people love about this show? They love Cajun Kronk. They love Nate Hands. They love Big Trouble in Little China. Damn, dude, you got three, three mm-hmm. of the five so far. Three of they, the top three. <laughs> they love singing, and they love upon further research. So, shit. They love us all. Oh, and I love, love them too. <laughs> okay. Why are you here already? We're getting him out of the way. I'm number one. <laughs> Cajun Cron is our... I, I mean, I think it's Nate Hands. I think Nate Hands has gotten the most respect, but I feel like Cajun Kron could take Nate Hands. So. Oh, I could take that miserable sack of shit any day. <laughs> this might be a match Laundry Dan's interested in little, signing. Little, oh, little foot freak. <laughs> oh, you, oh, get me in a hell in a cell against Nate Hands. Would you break him in half? I will. I will rip. 
I will rip him asunder. Cajun Cron, you showed up last week. You're still here. What? What, what was last week? What episode uh, are you referring to? Big Trouble in Little China. I I was quickly booted off of that episode <laughs> through a a bunch of pondering, I believe. A uh, good movie discussion, as I like to call it. Yes, it's not what I'm referring to. Yeah, nope, no, nothing problematic. Have you seen The Hidden? Who, me? Yes. No, I do not own a TV set. <laughs> Why did we hire this guy? Have you ever watched it all? We yeah. never hired him. The swamp water ripple around a log? It is a thing of beauty. Sounds meditative. Oh, I feel... You could fall right asleep out there. That's a fan boat. How can you sleep with a fucking fan boat going? You turn the fan off. (laughs) Good point. (laughs) I'm smarter than you. But are you like Dan, where you then play uh, eight hours of a fan on your cell phone? You got to turn off the fan boat so it stops moving, and then you turn on your little mini fan. (laughs) I think I'm just leaving the fan on. Okay. I thought you were going to say you leave the the fan boat fan on, but then you turn on another fan facing the opposite way, so it keeps you. You guys know my number moving. one my what number one played track on Spotify this year. Is <laughs> the eight box hour? Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Why do you not just buy a box fan? It is spin. Take a fucking fan. I'm not. No, that's like when I hit forty five, I'll start traveling with a fan. You think you'll have room? Because we're all going to have fucking uh, sleep apnea machines, CPAPs with us when we travel, too. I think Danny Duck already takes one, I right? Th- I think Nettie, or Yeti, Yeti needs to get in that business like a half cooler, half CPAP. Fuck yeah, dude. This should be badass. And I can also give you your diabetes shot, too. Cajun Cron, you got the apnea? Ooh, me? What about diabetes? No. no, I have none of that. You don't got the sugar? My body is a machine. <laughs> yeah. He's tougher than a two dollar steak, good. dude. Mm-hmm. Gator meat's good for you, man. Oh, gator meat is full of minerals. Lean. No nitrates. Mm-hmm. No. It's like, it's like steak, but it's a it's a fish animal. You understand? <laughs> Uh, imagine the protein of a steak that's full of omega threes and and what's good, the mer- good fats. What's the mercury situation? Oh, though? it is very high. <laughs> oh, my fucking teeth are falling out from the mercury. My fucking skin is melting. Is that why your head blows up when it gets hotter than hundred degrees? That amongst other S- things swells up like thunder and uh, big trouble. Hmm. We're not Dad. here to talk about big trouble. Oh, etouffee bones, etouffee. Etouffee, Cajun Cron. Cajun Cron. Thanks for coming in. Gentlemen, are we ready to get into 1987's The Hidden? We have to. We oh. got to. It's the only through line. That's why everybody's here. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, 
The Hidden from 1987, directed by Jack Shoulder. We start with a New Line Cinema logo. We start with some closed-circuit security uh, footage here from a bank. With people doing their normal daily banking business. We get a man. He steps into the frame. He stands there for a few seconds. Well, more than a few seconds. Uh, we see some guards. They come out. This guy just starts opening fire. Hits the two security guards, takes the bags of cash. He starts to walk away, looks directly up at the security camera, smiles, and shoots it. Now, this is all in one shot. And I know a guy who loves security cam footage, but normally it's it's a little bit more dynamic. What do you, what do you think he would say about uh, it just being sort of a, a static shot? Seems sort of lazy, right? I guess that's realistic for that's actual true. security cameras. That's true, but you'd think, you know, I like a little bit of camera in camera, you know? No, I want to see. There he is. I want to see the new Scorsese right now. Tell him I'm not waiting. Whoa, there's a new Scorsese? Mm-hmm. Tell like a little uh, one? Flowers or something moon, was that coming out? Oh, a movie. I, want, I thought I we meant like a new human. Get him. Oh, like, oh, shit. Like a copy. Get him on the line. Yeah. Or like oh, a little. It seems like an MCU or, oh, sort of you. thing, you know? Like if he's cloning himself. Rat fucks. Rat fucks. I was thinking about you. I've been De Palma. Brian De Palma here. It's me. <laughs> yeah, Who else? No. <laughs> it's me, Brian. We could see B- you. B- you B- I've been trying to get in for like three weeks. Where were you last week? I've been trying to get in last week. We were on a trip, man. We were off mm-hmm. grid. Oh, you idiots see each other in person? Yeah. The only time we connected to the internet was to watch WWE classic Hell in a Cell matches. I don't mm-hmm. know what that is. Uh, did you kiss each other? We talked about it. Eh, I, I did when Bones fell asleep. Oh, okay. Well, every time I spun the bottle, it it always went in between one of us, so we could never decide. Classic. Classic. Also, also, BDP, I think you would know what it was like to uh, see people in person if you ever got that Weinstein picture off the ground. Look, I've determined that uh, maybe that's not the correct, uh, correct way to go here with that one. Oh, you don't think a news story from, I don't know. Seven years ago is still relevant. I mean, how terrible did he look with his walker? That had to be a stunt, right? He's guilty, right? Yeah. Okay. I think so. I think so. I think he's he's one of the ones that I I feel comfortable. I also think by now I know how to finish this thing. By judge and jury, he is guilty. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he actually. Yeah, he went. He went to jail and is in jail. He's just. Yeah, I don't know. It's not something I need to follow. He's a piece of shit. Who cares? Maybe I should have him executed at the end of the movie. Why don't you do a movie about Tucker Carlson? Because I want to know what's in this dossier. I don't. I don't keep up with. uh, With the currents. Oh, your parents also don't watch him every night. My parents died years ago. Holy mackerel. Nah, I, I didn't know this was going to be a, your fucking a fucking old. therapy session over here. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, um, what did you call me here for? This uh, static security camera shot. Did you? Oh, beautiful. 
okay, shit. All right. He likes it. You got to respect it. Actually shot on a camcorder. And then they filmed the camcorder. So it's double. Okay. Well, then. Like a real carpenter kind of thing. Yeah, that qualifies. It's like like a body double, but with cameras. That's okay. my movie, Body Double. They, they both worked wrong. I, I was making I a joke. Saying, I was making a joke. Yeah, you made a movie called Body Double. It's okay. What did uh, what did Mustache say? He said it's uh, like a Carpenter thing, because Carpenter did that in uh, Prince of Darkness, I believe. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about uh, our, uh, Johnny our, our, Scary our Sticks. Two movie. Johnny, Johnny Scary St- Sticks. Okay. Is yeah, that that's, what I, that's what I call cop. Were you afraid of his legs? I don't know. Nah, he just makes the scaries. He makes the scary movies, Kron. Well, and he smokes. His movies. Oh, yeah, he does smoke. Big Warriors fan, too, I hear. Seems right up his alley. Yeah, California, you know, it's we're sports out here. Do you think you made the Warriors? <laughs> Who? You. Johnny Scary Sticks. <laughs> no, uh, Walter here made him. Okay. I just got to check you every guy. once in a while, make sure the, the brain stuff. Uh, those are the best uh, two movies you guys did. Okay. The Walter Hills. Well, thanks we've, for... We've covered your movies. <laughs> nah, I don't like to talk about my own work here. You know oh, that. Oh, yeah. Don't want to toot your own horn? No, nah, I don't want to, you know, plug in my own security footage. <laughs> Sorry, I had uh, two glasses of wine. I was, I was, uh, I was meeting with some people. You have one of those uh, comically big wine glasses, though, that holds a whole bottle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says uh, director on it. It's pretty good. Oh, that's fucking it's like It's like a yeah. bottle cap you put on the top of the bottle that has a wine glass thing on the top. Yeah. No, no. Once a bottle of wine's open, there's no cap going on it. <sighs> what are you, or my wife? <laughs> <laughs> BDP gets it, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, she'll turn guys. to vinegar. What do you, I mean, what do you think? Anyway, I love this movie. A lot of people never heard of it. It's good. It's got the guy from, uh, what's that David Lynchy guy everybody loves? Twin they Peaks. Pre- they pretend to love him, but they don't really love him. They just say they love him because they don't get it. It's like Arcade Fire. Yeah, 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 exactly. I don't know who the fuck that is. Anyway, I got to go, guys. Uh, Taylor Swift's on the phone. I got to go. Show. Oh, I heard she's going to play Weinstein. <laughs> Wait for her to challenge herself, dude. Mm-hmm. What happened? I had a That's how you grow. Uh, BDP came by, said that he uh, actually likes fuck. this opening shot. Oh, of the uh, yeah, double he, security cameras? Yeah, he told us that it was uh, filmed through a video camera. Within a camera. Yeah. <clears throat> that is a true statement from Mr. De Palma there. Um, yeah. We cut to uh, full color as we go outside of the bank here. A security guard tries to stop our vigilante here, and he fires at him, but he fires right back with that shotgun. Do you think this guy's a vigilante? Maybe. (laughs) You haven't seen the whole movie yet. What were you going to say, Kron? Security guard is a terrible shot. He's like five feet away. Misses him. (laughs) I thought he hit him. I don't think he hit him. I'm not sure. I have to go back. Check the tapes, Bones. I, I thought he hit him, too. Uh, He fires back, hits the security guard. He heads over to his Ferrari and puts on some sweet-ass 1980s heavy metal and takes off, gentlemen. 
the chase is on. Uh, he's shifting and speeding through traffic here, uh, some construction zones. The cops are in hot pursuit. They try to block him in. He rips through these guys pretty quick. Takes a quick ride into a local art show that's going on. Um, last week we did Alligator. I believe this is the same yep. place that they filmed Alligator and Alligator 2. Very recognizable. Also, I think the street that the bank is on is a street uh, highly featured at the end of Speed. I've oh, never seen it. I think that's where the trash can uh, sequence is. Oh, I like the part that's like minute marker three hours and 40 minutes in. <laughs> is Speed that long? Oh, yeah, shit. I thought you said heat. My bad. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm like, I guess I'm never watching Speed. You, uh, speed isn't three hours. At, at the rate I'm going today, Kron, you could have gaslit me and I could have said, oh, shit, I'm sorry. I would have believed you. No, I think you're right. I think I misheard it. Yeah. Anyways, he he's a long movie. <laughs> yeah, but it's he probably, good. Uh, he probably misheard the opening, too, I bet. Could be. Could be. Probably not. He's so smart. <laughs> Don't. Don't. No. I'm trying to get in his good no. graces, man. I'm trying to be his number For two. what? I'm trying to be number two. He is a number two, a piece of shit. He's number one, and uh, we are fighting over those fucking scraps. He flies through this park, uh, avoids some more cops. They make some attempts to stop him, but of course they don't. Uh, he hits an old man in a wheelchair. Why not? He keeps moving. Just trucks him. Yes. Just fucking. Yeah. Doesn't even... Think about breaking. If you didn't already uh, think this guy was an asshole. pure joy for him. Yeah. It's pure joy. <laughs> we cut to with Detective Beck showing a picture of our robber to a man. He says, yeah, that's Jack. He's a nice guy. I haven't seen him in a week or, though, or so. <laughs> what did he do? Rob a bank? Now, this guy's yes. in summer tennis wear. Yeah. But his apartment says... Uh, I'm living paycheck to paycheck, so I. This was kind of confusing for me. Yeah, you know, it's what's important to that individual person. They might love tennis, you know. Right. So maybe he lives modestly so he can afford that country A good club tennis club membership. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe he's like real close to going pro. He's like right on the bubble, you know. The checks aren't coming in yet, but. He's getting there. Yeah, a lot of people are telling him, like, any day now. Mm-hmm. He's got an Andre Agassi poster. Mm-hmm. You, just need, his bed. you just need Federer to pull an ankle or something, and yeah. it's your time. Can we name any more tennis players? John McEnroe. Karan? Ashby? Isn't that a guy? Hal Ashby's a director. Ash? Arthur Ashe? Andy Murray. He's British. Venus and Serena Williams. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, Djokovic. Who is that hot one that dated uh, um, oh, Enrique Iglesias? The yeah. Candy now? Sharapova? Can we name any more tennis players? 
who are the ones from uh, the, the famous one from uh, the you know the Battle of the Sexes? I was trying was to her? think of her too. Um, Billie Jean King. There we go. Yeah. Who did Steve Carell play? Uh, I thought he did both roles. <laughs> oh, the other one was Emma Stone. <laughs> I think we've we've named enough tennis people. We've exhausted it. Yeah, I've seen that movie because I think the internet went out for like, and it was like four days before they could come fix it. So we were running like red boxes, and that was one we got. You were like. All right, babe, time to watch the one DVD I bought. <laughs> I do have a copy of it. I'm, I won't. Might show up on this here podcast. Uh, another detective steps in and says that there's a high-speed pursuit going on, and uh, they need to get on that, so they leave. Uh, back to the chase. Two guys are moving a large, ple- large piece of glass across the street. Um, Fucking classic setup, like dude. you do. Jack sees this. He's our uh, our villain here, and he speeds up, smashes right through it, and hits these two dudes. So that's three people he's already hit within a span of three minutes, and one comically large pane of glass. <laughs> yeah, it's probably more expensive than those people. <laughs> Uh, Jack continues his joy right here. Uh, we cut to a blockade of police. They're loaded up with shotguns. They're waiting on Jack to come through. Uh, Detective Beck and Willis, they show up. Uh, they see the Ferrari speeding towards them. The cops begin to open fire on the vehicle. Jack takes a few hits with the shotguns, but is able to slam the Ferrari into the blockade of cop cars. Um... He kind of swerves off over and hits a embankment or whatever, gets out of the Ferrari, walks up to towards the cops, smiles, and they start opening fire, and they blow up the Ferrari. Oh, we're at the hospital now. It's a pretty good opening. Pretty stellar. Stellar. It's one of those openings where it's like, well, the rest of the movie can't live up to this. <laughs> it's pretty good. 100%. Was that your thought at the moment, or is that your thought at the end of this movie? No, I think I thought, like, if the rest of the movie is equal to this nine minutes, this is going to be a great, great time. All right. I had the same thought, because there's a slight dip, and then you get something in, like, the next ten minutes that I was like, holy shit, if you can do this, we're fucking on track. So no. right now, at this moment, when you're watching this, number one, number one movie. No. No? Like Dan got it. No. In the podcast. It's not as good as the unhinged opening. <laughs> or the big trouble opening. We'd never covered that movie, Cron. Uh, back at the hospital now, uh, our detectives are there. They're getting the details on Jack's condition. The doctor says, you probably won't make it through the night. The detective says, good. The doctor says, no one deserves to die this way. 
Willis turns around and explains to the doctor that Jack's killed 12 people. He's wounded 23 more, stole six cars, most of them Ferraris, robbed eight banks, six supermarkets, a jewelry store, and a candy shop. Six he killed with a butcher knife, two of them being children. So yeah, if there's anybody that deserves to die that way, it's probably him. Sounds like this guy's trying to close a lot of cases in one fell swoop to me. Yeah, they're just they're combining all these cold cases together. Yeah. What's everything that's open? Shit, how long have we been on that one? I don't know. Yeah, I bet throw it in. Jeff Fahey could change him. No, he'd show up and be like, I'm a terrible psychiatrist. I suck at this. My arm is acting weird. Mm-hmm. I got a bad guy's arm. Ooh. It keeps I'm me. a bad guy now. <laughs> I got to write with my right hand instead of my left because it keeps spelling out bad words. I don't want to smoke and drink all day. My My right hand does it. I can't control it. Check out our episode on uh, body parts. I want to slap my kid around on my terms. <laughs> he came home the other day reeking of pot and it shook its hand. He shook his hand instead of slapping him. I've not been feeling up sluts behind the grocery store. It's my hand, baby. It's a hand. <laughs> that ain't me. You know that's not me. His wife comes out. She's like, I haven't had this good of a time since we were in fucking college. <laughs> His wife did enjoy the new Yeah, 100%. That's in the movie. You think if you got another arm and that night you were like, hey, baby, she would be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, right. She'd yeah. be like, that's not even your fucking hand. Hell no. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd have better luck with the vibration scenario <laughs> than the... Like criminal transplant. That's a good category. Yeah. What was the name of it? Nate Hands or Feet. Yeah. Check it out. We did vibrations. Upgrade. Upgrade and body parts. Picked by Cron Howard himself, curated. With a little help from my friend. <laughs> George. Thank you, George. Back at the police station, John and Ed here are chatting. Gentleman Ed is our connection to QT's cuties. This is Clue Gulliger. Confirmed. Um, He plays Ed. He is uh, another lieutenant at the police station. Guy's in this movie so much. Yeah, he is. He's also in the Tarantino movie so much. Yeah. Now, I could have built a category around the hidden, but I figured we had a lot of similar movies, kind of, almost, in a way. I I think that this totally works, but I don't want to hear ever again from Kron that Jade does not count. For its category. Oh, he hates is, both of our choices. That is definitely that more of a, an erotic thriller than this qualifies as a QT's cutie, but it's fine. 
you know Tarantino could go on for 45 minutes about uh, Clue here. 100%. I guess I should, in my mind, I was thinking more of a leading role, you know? Not clarified. Fair. Uh, again, I understand. I almost asked you that one night, and I was like, if I do ask that, he'll probably say leading, and then I won't get to pick this. It wasn't until the like last act of the movie where I looked up, like, wait, who is this guy playing? Because he's mm-hmm. not standing out to me. <laughs> and then on my rewatch, I was like, oh, he, that's him there. And there he is again. Okay, so he's he's in three scenes at least. <laughs> I think the reason Tarantino took him for uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is because he did a lot of cowboy shows, like TV shows back in yeah. those times. So that's why he was important to, well, it's not important to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but to Tarantino, I guess, as you an think actor. he knows any, any like rope tricks? Yeah. I bet he could lasso a fence post. Oh, I I meant like a non-moving thing, like just enough to get through a shot, you know? I don't know if he could get a fucking Bronco. Yeah, he's not Keanu good. He's just like 60s TV good. Mm -hmm. He knew enough to like spin it above his head. Mm -hmm. Or how to hold his head out of frame so they knew how to. (laughs) <laughs> cut in the actual uh, talent. Oh, yeah, he's good. <laughs> All right. Ed is telling uh, John here, Lieutenant Masterton, that uh, Senator's coming into town and he needs Beck, his best guy, to help him out with this because he's got some threats. Uh, John is refusing this. He says, use Willis because Beck's his best guy. And Willis has been with Beck for a year now. Give him a chance. Ed doesn't really care about this and tells him to send Beck to his office. As Ed is leaving, we got FBI agent Gallagher. He steps in and tells Ed, or tells John, that he's with the FBI. Um, This is Kyle McLaughlin. Uh, You might know him from Twin Peaks. This was before Twin Peaks, but uh, that's the name of the actor here, Gallagher. The Thin Guy. Uh, was he in The Thin Guy? No, he's just a thin guy. He's a oh. little dude. <laughs> yeah. He's looks got a like big he wears, personality, though. Looks like he wears big a hair. 28 regular or something. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> what is Beck wearing, Karan? Is Beck a big guy? Beck is the detective that works with Gallagher. How big is he? You tell me. You're guessing fucking pants size over here. I was guessing jacket size. Oh. Um, Gallagher informs him that he's been following a suspect, and Do he's you been know your jacket size. <laughs> me? Any either of you? I don't have a jacket. I don't need I a jacket go, for anything. I go look at a jacket that. Is downstairs and tell you. Okay. Do you know your jacket size? I think, I think I'm like a 46 long, 48 long, something. I know I, got a, I know I got a big ass neck. 
Last time I went to, to, I got a fucking uh, Corey Taylor neck. I'm trying to remember my wedding, but I don't. Um, I know I got measured for my cousin's wedding, but I don't remember. I wasn't at that one. I can't help you. Well, that yeah, killed we did, the show. Let's let's we did heroin. Who I did? was wanting Kron to start guessing. Your cousin did heroin at his wedding. <laughs> we did heroin at my wedding. Remember that? Uh, okay. Why do they make suit pants so long? Better to make them long and have them hemmed up than. Why don't they just make different lengths of suit pants? They all come in like length fifty. Everybody, everybody's just a different, stick. bro. Dude, it's just they it makes you feel like, oh, cool, these are handmade for me. I yeah. didn't charge me you more cool. money. Made me feel like a little kid, dude. <laughs> so you can charge you more money. And it it depends because you might also depending on the size of the shoe you're wearing. You know, when I got married, I was I wore boots because we hiked. So I, I wore my boots in so she could hem it to the boot. Some people get married barefoot on the beach. So maybe they take it up a little taller. Maybe they want to taper. I want to. We got married in a fever. I want to put on my suit pants and you can see a little ankle and people are Hotter like, than oh, a pepper sprout. He must still be growing. We We've been talking about down Jackson. Jackson. Ever since the fire went out, I'm going to Jackson. I'm going to mess around. At it. Come on out here, Johnny. Cron, are you still growing? I like that Florence and uh, Josh Tommy version. I'm still growing. Here comes a big wiener joke, people. It takes him two hours to get a boner. No, it does not. He's got a... He's a one pump chump, dude. One pump chump. One <laughs> pump chump. Oh wait, I think it's one hump chump. Yeah, but it worked for. It's multiple pumps, but they all no, add dude, up you to just one called hump. yourself a one pump chump, dude. One hump <laughs> chump. <laughs> we cut to uh, to John here. He's dropping off Gallagher at Beck's desk. Beck says he's got a lot going on. But Gallagher says he can't refuse to help him because he's FBI. Beck asks, who is who are we looking for? Public enemy number one. Gallagher shows him a picture. Uh, shows a picture to of Jack, our guy that robbed the bank, to Beck. Beck says he's in the hospital and he probably won't make it through the night. Uh, he says, what hospital? Gallagher takes off to go check it out. Back at the hospital... Uh, Jack sits up. He pulls out all his tubes and wires here, goes over to the patient next to him, opens his mouth, and out comes a giant black snail-looking creature. Very slimy. Pretty disgusting. Pretty large. It's pretty big. Pretty, pretty big. I think that adds to the intensity of it. What kind of average to me? He can't be stopped, folks. I I mean, it sounds like Kron can take a pretty big pipe in his mouth. 
What's it, that? It no, I I no, yeah, it did. That's that's how I took it. Got his no, ass, dude. I think the size of the thing coming out, like I said, it adds to how horrific it is. I watched it again like, today. That's just going to be was, even more painful going in and out. I watched it again today, and I was like, like it's almost goes on too long. And then, like the very last, like shit, he's like, oh. yeah. I was like, ah. It has a, it has like a membrane look to it as it's coming out, and which is kind of gross. And then, like you said, the it's whatever it connects with all the tentacles and shit at, at the, the rear of it are pretty cool. It looks like, uh, you know, Bishop's insides. Do you guys think this is a Jason Goes to Hell prequel? Well, this goes in via mouth and not ass, right? It's true. I think or that does worm the, goes does the in. Jason worm go in both? I think it goes in both because doesn't the cop get it in the mouth? The uh, the coroner, the guy who he shaves, <laughs> he shaves a guy's mustache off. Oh, so that's he can- yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how he passes it along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why gonna- it's a good prequel because when you get to part two, they've also developed going in the ass. <laughs> No, this thing's way bigger. They got a whole new bag of tricks, dude. That's the next step, baby. Going in the ass. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think the hidden worm could definitely kill the Jason worm. I'm betting on the hidden. Man, fuck you. (laughs) But we we never see the hidden worm on its own. The Jason worm, at least, is like we see it survive kind of moving around, right? I think Kron has the Jason worm in him. He has it since we did that episode. Mm-hmm. Thank God he didn't give it to us over the weekend. I did. Shit. You you did admit to kissing me in my sleep. That's true. <laughs> to give you the worm. All right. This fucking and thing comes out of this dude's mouth and it slides into the other guy's mouth. You're lucky you're not Dan. He got it in the other hole. You went mouth to ass? Mm-hmm. It's a real human centipede down there. It slides into this patient's mouth, and Jack falls to the floor dead. Uh, we cut to the other patient. He's being, or We cut to the other patient, and we got a doctor trying to revive him with some uh, shockers. What are those called? The paddles? Yeah. Defibrillator? Yeah. Def- is it a defibrillator? Yeah. Okay. Good pull, Kron. Shockers. Uh, but it reverses on him and the doctor gets shocked instead. The patient opens his eyes and sits up. Uh, we got a whole group of doctors here to trying to figure out what's happening with Gallagher and what's happening with the other patient. Uh, or not Gallagher, but uh, Jack. And what happened with the other patient. We got Gallagher showing up, shows him his badge, tells him what's going on. Um... We cut to one of the doctors explaining to Gallagher that Mr. Miller, that's our guy who has received this uh, this alien. Yes, it is an alien. And he was there because he had a massive heart attack, uh, but he's probably not the guy you're looking for because he's a very honest man. I don't believe it. How are we feeling so far? About this, guys. 
It's good. I'm going to be honest. I don't remember any of these people's names. So you don't have <laughs> when to you say cry. Gallagher or Jack, I'm just like, all right, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, start using FBI, cop, bad yep. guy. That'll work. Alien. Yeah. <laughs> these notes are written. Dumb it that's down. That's how you're getting them. Mm-hmm. Miller, who is our new alien. Oh, he's so good. Mm-hmm. He if looks- I had to recast this right now, it would be John Hamm. Can you imagine John Hamm doing this fucking shit? It's exactly what I was going to say. This guy really? looks like old John Hamm. Yeah. <laughs> they got like the same jawline or something. Yeah. <sighs> fucking Kron, dude. We're on the same page. It's like we share an assworm or something. <laughs> But yeah, this guy. This guy's awesome. He's assworm. He could play old John Ham. Should have brought him in for the finale of Mad Men. That's what I say in my house when we've had ham for dinner, and they're like, "What are we having for dinner?" And I'm like, "Leftover old John Ham." No. Yeah. I guess it split your ends, but I guess not. I don't need a ham. <sighs> I don't John my ham. <laughs> I've never ate a guy named John. I usually just glaze it or, you know. We cut to Miller. He's at the record store here, stealing all kinds of fucking tapes. Uh, the clerk, he starts a fight with Miller for stealing. He grabs a poster tube. Uh, yeah, I don't even know. It's got it no was. weight to it. No. It's, I guess it's supposed to be like a pipe or something. Um, but Miller quickly grab, grabs it out of his hand and beats the hell out of him with it. Uh, Miller steals the money from the cash register and a boombox and walks out blaring some heavy metal on the blue, blo- uh, blue blocks. Boombox as he strolls out of there. Why do these aliens yeah. like music or fast cars? Or no, we need money. You got a fast car. <laughs> At it. I mean, wouldn't you? I don't know. Everything's better with music, Karan. Yeah, but to an alien, they could just want to listen to like a... You know, metal scraping together or something. I don't know what they're into. That sounds terrible, dude. Yeah, but it might sound good to an alien. I last night got on to Tom DeLong's uh, Instagram. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, I need to look up these books. And then I was like, no, I shouldn't. His books? Yeah, dude. Because like super into aliens. Yeah, I knew that. I guess I just didn't know that someone had ghostwritten a book under Tom DeLonge's name. He seems like a capable guy that he could write a book. He seems like a capable, capable guy who could write a song called, like, 
piss ditch or something. I mean, mm-hmm. and turn it into a million dollars, and it'll make me cry. And that's what he did. <laughs> He's talking about teen suicide with piss ditch. Where are you? <laughs> In the ditch <laughs> where we piss. <laughs> where are you? <laughs> Now pass your ass worm with a kiss. <laughs> I think Ditch Piss might be a better band name than Skittle Piss. I don't know. I think we could we should sponsor a Skittle Piss. We never exhausted that. Have them open when we go on tour. Do this every night live. Just can't wait. Gallagher shows back up to the police station to tell Beck that Miller is the new guy that they're looking for now. And that Jack is dead. Well, Beck informs him that Jack is dead. Beck runs Miller through the system and finds that he just has an unpaid parking ticket. And so he doesn't really believe Gallagher here. At what point did you guys figure out? Gallagher's twist. Uh, not until the dinner. Wow. I'd say the dinner is like the dead giveaway because he's For sure just, he's like, "What's with your daughter?" <laughs> or some weird shit. I was just getting so goddamn frustrated with how vague he was being. Mm-hmm. Like the continual, like, "Are you ready to get started? Are you ready to get started?" Like the. Yeah, I think no follow up. I could see why Beck was getting frustrated. I think I wrote pretty high up in my notes. Uh, does FBI guy have the same slug in him? <laughs> so I had my suspicions at okay. least. There's a few moments, but yeah, I didn't fully like. Okay, accept it. I guess. Till then. We'll oh God, no! Please, no! I, I can't it accept it. Dan, you can turn wait right up until you're about to die, and then accept it, and you'll be okay. Yeah, that's how all like, those pederasses get in. Mm-hmm. Them's the rules. That's how it goes. Some folks may tell you, "No, it's not." That's the loop, baby. You heard it here. And we're going to close that loop. We're going straight to hell for this crime. We'll have 586 episodes. That's 586 reasons for us to go straight to hell. Yeah. Now you know where we're stopping. I think we can say whatever we want on this record because nobody's made it this far. Our friends have... Just then, Beck gets informed that there's another body at the record store. Uh, Beck shows up at the record store. There's a witness to the crime. Gallagher's already there talking with her. Beck tells Gallagher that uh, his man's dead. So what the fuck are you still doing here? You don't need to be here anymore. Good blocking on this. It's kind of in a wonder. They use the length of the record shop. Like, as soon as he comes in, you can hear Gallagher sort of in the background. I, yeah. I liked it.
Back at the police station, Beck gets a, a sketch of the man that caused the crime, Miller there, from the witness. Uh, takes a picture. Our Gallagher comes in, shows Beck. Or he shows Beck up. Uh, Beck gives him a the sketch. He's looking at the sketch of the from the witness, and says maybe Miller is the man that we're looking for. Uh, he's like, do you have? He shows him the picture. Gallagher has a picture of uh, Miller from the hospital. Uh, Beck grills Gallagher about the information about the case. He says he knows more than what he, or he knows more than he thinks, and he needs to help him so they can solve it. Gallagher explain, explains that their man is always changing identity. That's why you don't have any information on him. So you don't know until it's happening. Gallagher gives two more names uh, from uh, back in the Pacific Northwest where he is of where this has happened. Gallagher says Miller is the closest he's going to get to his chance. Uh, they both hop into Gallagher's, I believe it's a 928 Porsche for you uh, or classier folks on this podcast and they take off Porish that's Porsche Miller is enjoying a meal at the diner here while blasting his music a uh, newscast catches his attention about the center that has come to town to I make hope his... you <laughs> We do mind, sir. So he's blasting on that radio. I think they minded more when he farted. Oh, I, I think that was hat on a hat. You know, it's like that's that that's too much, sir. We'll I take do, the music. <laughs> I do like Miller fucking air drumming with his utensils. Like he's just. I just. Why would he eat, though? Because we get the other scene of Gallagher. We got to fuel the body, right? Mm -hmm. It's like putting gas in a Porsche, chef. (laughs) Porsche. You still need that bag of meat that that your slug needs to live in. Mm -hmm. I guess the human still needs it, yeah, I guess. Uh, Miller's got some indigestion here. He's farting and burping and shit. Uh, just then a Ferrari zooms past. Oh, shit's in the takes seat? off. Yeah. There's a little stain when he got up to run. Damn. Is that... So, he goes in th- in the mouth, right? So, he goes down the throat. So, is is the alien riding in the stomach? So, when the alien takes a shit... Is it coming like, out? Does the, it does it add to the to the body shit, or does it go in and kind of rip through the esophagus or something? And I need to know more about the what's causing the indigestion, you know. And how does he know what food to order? Maybe there's pictures, and he just pointed at them. Okay. I want that. I want eggs over my hammy. <laughs> Which I, at my house, we call eggs over my John hammy. <laughs> we crack up. Oh, shit. <laughs> you, 
You guys john your ham before you serve it? That's a long process. <laughs> it's days of preparation. Beck and Gallagher, they pull up to the record store where the murder took place. Gallagher asks for some Did location information. Did I say eggs over my hammy and it's moons over moons. my hammy? You're good. You're fine. Nobody's listening. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, all these are you don't have ups. to edit that one out. All these are to give this when our, We're going to re-record this tomorrow. Yeah. When our real podcast starts, dude, we're going to be so prepared. Do you want us to give you a moment here so you can say moons and edit that in? No, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, this one's going out as is. Okay. We love eating moons over. <laughs> moons. Season two, just a few months away, people. Just another year and a half. Yep. We've almost got all the kinks worked out. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be like The Office or Parks and Rec. You know what? We're going to really pick up steam. First season's going to be off, but it's really going to pick up. Gallagher asked for some location information regarding the hospital and the record store. Beck gets pissed and tells Gallagher to let him in on the information that he has. Gallagher says Jack was at the hospital to see Miller. Beck doesn't think this information is very informative. Beck is irritated and asks why the guy who killed would kill for $100 in a radio. Gallagher explains that he likes it. If he sees something, he wants it. Or he, wants it. he steals it. If he, gets, if he gets in his way, he kills it. And right now, he's hiding in your city. Beck says you're confusing the two guys. Uh, we it, cut back to. I was sort of confused on the first watch because the you know the doctor says that Miller is there totally independent of Debris, and then Gallagher connects the two. I it wasn't until the rewatch that I figured out that he's just lying to Beck here, which I understand. But he could also just have been a little bit more open, and he could say, "Listen, Debris, good guy." goes fucking nuts for two weeks whatever you take him down he's in a room with another guy and now this guy is running amok so there is a connection like why isn't that enough for you to just trust me and and try to track this guy down it's very frustrating like he tells him that they're changing identity and i think beck is thinking paperwork wise maybe i guess not actual well, duh, not an alien, but... I don't want to do all this paperwork. Yeah, but... I, appeal, I'm grabbing the guy's social security card, you know? But just appeal to his uh, instincts that this just seems fishy. Like, you yourself admit that that his record indicates that he shouldn't be doing all of this, right? Yeah. And after a, a hospital stay with this guy, he's now acting weird. So... I mean, to play, Beck's play credit, ball. he does say you know more about what's going on than what you're letting off. Hundred percent, hundred percent. It's not until later in the movie that I really hate Beck. It's more Whoa, my frustration with Beck? Gallagher. Not a, not a fan of Beck. All this paperwork. I only took this job to get off the sewer job. Yeah, fucking stinks down there. He's doing the cron method. Mm-hmm. I was tired of picking up all those arms from that crocodile. Yeah. Or alligator. We cut to Miller. He's found the Ferrari dealership. Did you know alligators are just dinosaurs? 
And dinosaurs are just gasoline, baby. To fuel your par ashes. <laughs> My parish. <laughs> it's Porsche. Uh, Miller has found the Ferrari dealership. He sees a guy test driving one as they pull in. He goes over and says, I want this car. Uh, the two guys are like, or one of the guys is like, I bet you do, dear. That's the dealer. That's pretty funny. Uh, they go in to talk some business. Miller tries to get into the car. He, he uh, The car dealer tells Big Eddie here to go out and take care of the guy. Uh, Miller's already sitting in the car. Big Eddie comes out and escorts Miller out of the car and shoves him off the property. Miller and Big Eddie, they get into a fight here. Uh, Miller just straight up shoots Eddie in the side. Um, we cut to the car dealer and the customer. They're snorting some cocaine in his Hell office yeah. doing the paperwork. That's what you get. That's customer get, service. When you get to that level, dude, you're buying fucking Ferraris cash. This is the kind of treatment you're going to get. I mean, he should have been getting a BJ from like a, well, whoever he wanted to get a BJ from. I don't know if you can. What just if like you're doing if, cocaine? If he's got coke dick. I don't know if he can finish in the time. Dealers processing the paperwork. Well, this is pre-computer, so maybe he's got time. This guy's having to handwrite all this shit. Yeah, it suck. He's got to get that thing for his credit card that yeah copies it, pushes it into yeah. like. Like carbon paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta love tech, bro. And then they gotta print out that sandwich banner. <laughs> Takes forever. Mm-hmm. Miller shows back up and tells the guys that he wants the car. Uh, he's yelling this through the door. Uh, the guy opens the door up. Eddie falls in. The <laughs> Dealer finally gives Miller the keys to the Ferrari. Thank you. Bye. And he shoots both of these dudes. Gets in the car and pills out of this dealership. Starts jamming and cruising, baby. The dealer should have been thrilled. You could get a bidding war going on this vehicle. <laughs> yeah, he should have really used this to his advantage. I don't know. Which of these two dudes would you rather do coke with, though, in your office? Both? I don't know. Miller's not giving good Coke vibe. I mean, if Miller's Miller. brought his own Coke, <laughs> you know, let's get him in there. Yeah, that's true. We'll talk. Back in Gallagher and uh, some of the other cops, they show, are they investigating the dealer or the dealership murders? Uh, they're going over the car information, and Gallagher says that Miller took the Ferrari because he likes Ferraris. Miller cruises through uh, some shopping districts there and tries to pick up some chicks, but they tell him to fuck off. He wants to shoot him. That was my note. He nearly shoots these women. (laughs) Yeah, but instead he, he checks his wallet and some cards fall out, and then he takes off to these locations. Now... Was this jacket the guy 
that was doing cocaine with a car dealer? I think so, right? Because it's okay. his import shop. Yes. Yeah. I was a little confused on the first watch whenever I was like, why the fuck would he come here? But I was a little confused on the why he's trying to pick up women sort of thing. Past the worm. I think they answer it later when he's feeling up the statue. I think his desire was like, let me try out a female. But Uh, we cut to Becking. Cron, did you get it? What? Yeah, let me. You got it. What? Put it out. There it is. We cut back to Beck and Gallagher driving. Beck is venting about the case. Gallagher goes into some. I can read minds bullshit. They're going back and forth and says that Beck is pretty easy to read. But as this is happening, we see a yellow hit. What? what? Oh, a yellow light. Jesus Christ. The the light changes yellow and Gallagher hits the clutch and speeds up to avoid the red light with some aggressive driving, which Beck notices is kind of weird. That must be another clue that like, oh, there's some crazy driving going on. Maybe there's something up with Gallagher. Uh, Beck asks Gallagher if there's anything, if there's something going on between him and the two killers. Gallagher says that his partner was killed and it's personal. Beck says uh, he's surprised that the FBI would let him stay on the case if it was personal. Um, But he understands because it's a cop thing and we're going to get Miller. We cut to Miller. He's busting into uh, this guy's... Is it a antique shop or what the fuck is it? It's a, you know, the generic import front. Mm. You know. He is mob. I arts think. and collectibles. He starts to play a record. It's country music. He destroys it. <laughs> uh, he opens up a closet to find a shit ton of weapons. He also looks at himself in the mirror. Uh, he starts getting sick. He hits the floor it's a and real a tentacle. Uh, it's a real Chekhov's arsenal when he <laughs> throws yeah, that door oh, yeah. open. There's a shitload of weapons in there. What's more egregious, this or the Chekhov's flamethrower? Mm. There's a flamethrower in this movie? Uh, what A tentacle comes popping through old Miller's arm here, but he just tapes it up. Everything's cool. Uh, We cut back to Beck. He's running some information through the computer on Mr. Buckley. Uh, He turns out to be an arms dealer. That was the guy that was trying to buy the Ferrari. Um, Officer Sanchez brings in a flamethrower. Arms dealer? What is he, the doctor from Body Parts? It's good work. It's good work, Bones. Thank you. I liked it. What is he, part of the 5D Army? Hell yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They kind of all turn around like, what the fuck did you get that? Oh, some cop took it off of some hoodlums or some shit, he says. Uh, Beck's wife calls and uh, asks how he is. He invites 
Gallagher over for dinner at his place. Uh, we get a very quick cut to them showing up at Beck's place for dinner. Gallagher takes a look around Beck's home. Gallagher notices pictures of Beck's daughter and has a strange reaction in the mirror. He has the same reaction that uh, Miller had at the uh, when he finds the guns there, which gives you another clue. Uh, Beck visits the family in uh, the kids' room. Gallagher stands standing in the doorway, staring down Beck's daughter and kind of smiles at her. Uh, we cut back to uh, Miller cruising for more chicks. Gallagher has a strange dinner conversation with Beck and his wife. So we cut back to them. She asks him where he's from. He points to the sky. And he tells... I believe he uses his um, the name of his planet or whatever here. And she's like, is that even in the United States? Bleep uh, but- <laughs> A Mork and Mindy situation here. Uh, he tells the wife that her, uh, their daughter is very special. Uh, Beck asks Gallagher's about Gallagher's family, and he reveals that his daughter and wife were killed by the same man that killed his partner. This is where they really start laying it on thick that this guy's an alien or something, because he's just like, you like your daughter? <laughs> the guy's like, yeah, idiot. Don't FBI agents love their daughters? Did did what's her name? Is it Sterling? Starling? Starling have a daughter? I don't think so. I think it's just her. Maybe I'm thinking of Panic Room. Dr. Lecter. Dr. Lecter. Quid pro quo. Quid pro quo. We cut to Miller. He's at a strip club. This is also one of the cards that fell out of the wallet. It's the uh, uh, harem room. Don't look at that. It's room. not real. Cron, are you sure? I don't know. <laughs> uh, he's sitting at the bar. His arms fucking just bleeding all over the bar. And he's just kind of jamming to the music, having a fucking drink. Uh, he's got a shit ton of weapons and a fucking bag next to him on the floor. The bartender asks if he's okay. I'm fine. Uh, he starts to fart and shit. Bartender is uh, Jack McGee. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah. Who's What's he from? Uh, Rescue Me, Lethal Weapon, bunch of shit. Has he ever been on a five-day Reynolds movie? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Miller here, he sees a stripper that he really likes. Uh, she's going off. She takes a, uh, she's got a money thong on. Mm-hmm. Pretty yeah, cool. she needs to make change. <laughs> I only got a five. Give me four back. No, give me my change. Come on, guys. Outside the bar, the cops locate the missing Ferrari. You won't believe where she keeps the quarters. (laughs) Uh, They find the missing Ferrari. They call it back into Beck. He wakes up Gallagher, who was sleeping at Beck's. Uh, He tells him, as a friend, maybe you should stay away from alcohol. How much do you think he drank? 
We only see him have like one yeah. beer. Half a beer. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that was like something they cut out of him just getting fucking slammed. He gives them some aspirin too, and he seems to be really uh, interested in that. That's when they're really laying it thick with the alien thing. Oh, doesn't he give him Alka Seltzer here? And he yeah. just like eats one. The guy's like, you got to put that shit in water, dude. <laughs> yeah. Back at the strip club, Miller locates a stripper that he was staring down. She's in her dressing room. She tells him to get out. He grabs her. Uh, we cut to the police. They're watching the door of the strip club and out walks the stripper with a duffel bag. And she's got a beautiful thong on. Uh, oh, the w- oh, boy. Oh, hey, uh. Uh, the woman walks up to the Ferrari. You can kind of hear in the background that the police are like, hey, please stay away from that Ferrari. We got two pervert guys. They approach the stripper. They're like, hey, let's hang out. He's like, you're Brenda, aren't you? And he says, I got a car. Let's go see my car. So they walk that way. Some nice subtle uh, tongue action when he mentions the car. If you notice, like alien kind of gets a little excited. I noticed on the on the rewatch, he says it, and it's like a little subtle, like <laughs> half little Joker tongue of excitement. Well, he, he does have a Lamborghini jacket on, so yeah, but he doesn't have a Lamborghini. Like whenever, no, he does not. But I'm we'll find that out, Kron, when we come back. Welcome back, everybody, to The Hidden from 1987. We're currently in the middle of it. We found out that Kron Howard is a one-pump chump. Um, We've talked about... No, one pump, Mm. bro. Pump. Pump, pump it up. Uh, We did create a Blink-182 style song with our band called Ditch Piss. Soon uh, the record will be out, so take a look at that. And we're also going through 1987's The Hidden, which uh, is about an alien that likes to drive Ferraris and rob and kill people. So yeah, that's what we're doing. We're glad you joined us. Join the Discord, uh, rate and review us, please. Uh, guys, anything else? Kron Howard is and Bones are both on horror drafts. Check that out. Uh, yeah, I'll be. That should be out when this comes out. <laughs> yeah, check check out uh, Best Little Horror House in Philly's uh, Patreon page. We're on the Resident Evil Four remake episode with Greg from Weekly Podcast Massacre. Check that show out too. Yeah, we're out there so much that you could open any number of podcasts and say, I don't want to listen to this one with these guys yeah. on it. I think we've saturated the market. Mm-hmm. Guys, we're pretty cool. It's we're pretty cool. I think we're nice. We're like I think the, people would say we're nice. We're like the Funko Pops of podcasting. Yeah. Where's that who, money? Who are these four? Why are there I've so never many seen, of them? <laughs> never seen this one, but I gotta have them. 
back at the strip club, gentlemen, Beck and Gallagher investigate the crime scene that happened in the dressing room. Miller is dead on the floor. That was my best, best uh, Jeselnik. Miller is dead on the floor. No. Miller is dead on the floor. And I told her, I don't believe in Jesus. Now, Miller, he's dead on the floor. It's tough. That's a tough one to do. Yeah. And I told her that my mother doesn't even own a Buick. Yeah. Beck makes Gallagher take some more aspirin. We cut to uh, the perverts. Which are the, car, uh, the drops in water like the Alka Seltzer. Yeah. Aspirin, Alka Seltzer is the same fucking thing. Fucking moron. <laughs> Isn't it the same thing? No. no. If now here's the thing. If the if the alien is in the stomach and it drinks that Alka Seltzer, it's gonna get like all covered in fucking Fuzzies? Mm-hmm. You think That's that correct. feels good? Yeah. I love being covered in fuzzies. Yeah. That's what but I try to do every week when I do this show. Maybe it's hanging out lower than the stomach. <laughs> yeah. But is it absorbing the effects of the Alka-Seltzer? Because we had talked about, like, it's eating so it can fuel the body. But is it also maybe, getting nutrient from that? Like, Well, maybe it's so he won't throw up and throw it up out of him. That'd have so been kinda, that would have been kind of cool if we got like a hiccup and we saw a little thing kind of come out. Now, Dan, do you think Alka-Seltzer and aspirin are the same product? Yes, I do. Alka-Seltzer is for like indigestion. And it's it's a like a disc that you dissolve in water. Can't you dissolve fucking headache medicine in water too? I Is that how you take aspirin? <laughs> I don't take aspirin. I take ibuprofen. It's better for you. I can't even swallow pills. <laughs> no, I swallow pills. Your wife has to hide it in a piece of a hot dog. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if that's not how you take pills, and I don't, I, I just, I, I put it in peanut butter and lick the spoon. <laughs> <laughs> Some and then idiot. you yarf it up. Some idiot left one-eighth of a hot dog on the floor. <laughs> I could be like Cron- my dog and eat around the fucking pill. Cron, I gave you that peanut butter hours ago. Why is the spoon still disgusting in the fucking sink? You know, lick it all out. Damn. There's one, there's one down there from this morning. Deep right pool. <laughs> You, we'll stop right now so you can go clean it. That's how I live, baby. <laughs> You're like, watch this mayhem I'm bringing to this house. <laughs> Most people live uh, paycheck to paycheck. Kron lives uh, fucking peanut butter spoon to peanut butter spoon. Oh, you know that peanut butter spoon is pure silver, too. I mean. <laughs> Dude, how many times has she came in and thrown the spoon at him during the show? Zero. A lot. Zero. A lot. <laughs> she starts tonight. Ah, uh, we cut to the 
to the stripper and the pervert here. The car's rocking. Don't come a knocking. Uh, her name's Brenda. And they're going to Pound Town, guys. But he's going to die because she fucks him to death and then takes his car. I can think of a lot isn't of worse that ways how to every, go. <laughs> isn't that how every marriage goes? I think you hope. Yeah. <laughs> what better way to die, dude? She takes your car, though, dude. Like, and then you also get the joy. You're of, fucking uh, dead. Pinning your lover underneath you. <laughs> uh, I can't tell you how true that is, Kron. <laughs> you don't need to pin anybody. You need to freely consent with each other and have a good time and be safe. Okay, but if you die think, while you're yeah. on top. You've kind of only got one place to go, which is down. Mm -hmm. And you win the Intercontinental Championship. Mm -hmm. Oh. I gotcha. Beck questions another stripper back at the club. She tells her that she's seen a guy come in and he was acting creepy. And that's all she's seen. What's new? It's a fucking strip club. For real. Gallagher interrupts and shows Beck a picture of Brenda and says, this is who we're looking for. Beck is informed about another dead person in the parking lot. They go out to investigate the car. Beck and Gallagher review the case. Beck thinks this is getting bizarre, and he asks Gallagher if it's getting bizarre, and he agrees as well. We cut to Brenda. She drives past some cops at a high rate of speed. So naturally, they tried to pull her over for speeding. But Brenda has a different plan. She stops, get out of the car, does a little sexy dance, and then Battleship Brenda, bro, she pulls out a fucking gun and starts blasting these dudes. I like when Takes she- Takes this cop car apart. There's a part where when she first steps out and starts dancing and like rubbing her breasts together, one cop looks at the other and he's like, it's going to be one of those nights. <laughs> like, I don't know, dude, son. Thin blue sign, line. Sign dude. me up, baby. <laughs> Turn your body cam back on. I want to watch this later. <laughs> she blows the shit out of this cop car. They take cover. Brenda takes off. Beck and Gallagher, they pass the cop car that's all fucked up. And they're like, well, I guess we're going the right way. Uh, they ch The chase is on. They start shooting at each other while doing the uh, high-speed chase here. Beck fires back. And all while doing in a high-speed chase. I already told you that. Gallagher takes a turn with his giant fucking pistol that he has. And he manages to take out one of her tires. And Brenda crashes into a mannequin shop. Cron Howard. His dream. To crash into a mannequin shop? Oh, yeah, dude. You love the puppets. It's a good puppet work in this movie. They're not really puppets. They're mannequins. I don't, I don't call a mannequin a puppet. Mm -mm. Uh, Bones, you just I was setting him up to look like a loser Because he would know the difference between a puppet and a mannequin So you're calling me a loser now? I guess if your eyes are on the same page with your puppet stuff I think your average person out there knows the difference between the two I think you're a puppet freak I think you're a puppet freak Nope, not happening Never has, never will Who said let's watch a puppet movie on our in-person meetup? You did. One me. 
You Who did, owned the you movie? Didn't bring it. Yeah, yeah, because I knew you guys would love it. <laughs> that was pretty I funny. I don't know. I guess we didn't really talk about that. Huh? It felt like half a movie, huh? I mean, it is like it's yeah. <laughs> it's meant to be like continued, but I'm gonna knock it for that. If they it felt like two movies. Yeah. I woke up the next day and I was like, did they make another one? And they have not. No, I, I looked it up before we went to sleep. Because <laughs> I thought, well, we'll watch this tomorrow. But <laughs> Littlest Reich. Puppet Master. Check it out. Maybe they kind of get S. Craig Zoller to come back. His paycheck got too big or something. <laughs> I mean, you could argue Dune did the same thing, right? Like he said, I mean, I think he kind of knew that he would get a sequel, but it was a little bit of a gamble to say, well, we're only going to shoot the first part of the book, right? Oh, he knows he's getting a sequel. Yeah. Because it says right at the beginning, Dune part one. I can't wait. They say the footage is action packed. I, I can't wait. I'm an idiot, and I loved the first one. But you know Alamo will so, release. They'll start. They'll do showings of the first one. I hope. I the, hope the whole bloody it's, affair. It's a yo man. I can't wait. Me and my wife you actually might. talked about that yesterday because I hint. I was like, "Hey, they fucking dropped Dune two footage," and she was like, "Do you think they'll show the first one in the theater?" I was like, e- "They gotta." She was Maybe like, "I don't do know if IMAX. my little ears can handle it." I think Chad and I did IMAX for that one. I definitely regret not going, but I'm still a little iffy with the, uh, you know, that thing we all went through. Depression? (laughs) George W. Bush's presidency? AA meetings? Herpes? Which one what, is it, Bones? That's a chicken or the egg. What, what did you go You're to? all listing things that I'm currently dealing with. So. <laughs> Bank fraud? Uh, they quickly had... Uh, Butt slug? In after. <laughs> nope. Assworm? They quickly head in after Brenda. She I, crashes into I mixed some mannequin. aspirin in some water and and hocked it back up so it well, never got you, to my ass. No. You don't put aspirin in water. No. Do you guys ever Christ. miss Dimatap? They still sell it, don't they? I know, but it tasted so good, and I feel like I would, I'd have to drink the whole bottle, right, to get the proper dosage now? It should. What the hell is Dimatap? <laughs> What? He'll know soon enough. Yeah. Yeah, you will. They quickly head after Brenda, or head in after Brenda as she crashed into this mannequin factory. Uh, They fight about covering each other, which is pretty good. Uh, They make it into the store. They search through tons of mannequins. Uh, Brenda starts to fire down upon them from uh, upstairs. Shootout starts. Beck manages to hit Brenda, Brenda in the arm a few times, but it doesn't even phase this lady. This is very strange to him. 
Uh, Brenda heads through the door, and the detectives follow. Beck and Gallagher make a mad rush up the stairs to the roof. Uh, they move stealthily through the rooftop, uh, but cannot locate Brenda. But just then, she pops out and starts firing in a fucking machine gun at him. Beck uh, dodges some of this fire, but he does get hit in the shoulder, which pushes him over the building. But he grabs onto a pipe and holds on for dear life. Lemon. Gallagher pummels Brenda with bullets, uh, then rushes to rescue Beck. He reloads and continues to pump bullets into her. Uh, then all of a sudden he pulls out a strange silver gun and points it at Brenda. And she's a little freaked out. Uh, she says, you think it's over now? But you're wrong. I'm not coming out yet. Uh, her voice starts to uh, get deeper as she's saying this. I'll kill you first. And then this bitch turns around, makes a mad dash, and jumps off the building and smashes onto the ground. Uh, Beck's witness told this whole thing, but he's shot, so he's kind of out of it. Uh, Lieutenant Masterton shows up in his station wagon and his dog, Roy, for some reason. Uh, the dog runs right up to Brenda's body. She grabs it. We know what's going to happen here. Gallagher runs down to investigate the body, but the guy says she's dead. And he asks who touched the body. He says it's already moved on. Do you think Boy, the, you think she went ass, like mouth to ass on the dog or just mouth to mouth? I'd say mouth to mouth. Okay. Ass to ass. <laughs> Ass to ass. I was going to say, it could maybe pass through her ass to the dog's mouth, like if it's sniffing, right? Mm -hmm. I think it would have all been over if they walked up and it was ass to ass. They would have just shot both. It's already done, though. In, they didn't catch it movie. in time. <laughs> oh, yeah. End of movie. I woke up one to... time at my parents, uh -oh. my mom's dogs, who... <laughs> who were fixed so it was like super odd but they had been boning through the night and one and they got locked into each other so they were kind of ass to ass mm -hmm. it was kind of uncomfortable he he gave me such a look of ow so you've been here you, right brother yep did you have to pull them apart i uh I was like, well, let's try some cold water. And as I walked by, I was like, well, follow me. So I kind of grabbed one by the leash. They were small dogs or by the collar. Um, and, and that was enough to kind of, I think he was nervous to try to like give some oomph to pull. So I pulled him and then she took off, but. Yeah, it's kind of uncomfortable. That's not like a thing you like then go and tell your mom, like, caught your dogs fucking. Good thing you didn't tell her, but now you're putting it on this podcast. Okay, it was 20 years ago. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Those dogs are fucking dead. <laughs> Did you tell this story at the funeral? Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
shit faced. <laughs> yeah, you know, one time. Peanut and sunflower. <laughs> Something too far off, actually. Let me tell you about this motherfucker right here. <laughs> P-I-M-P. <laughs> Some people, they wake up to a cock yelling, cock-a-doodle-doo. Some people wake up to a cock stuck in a dog's puss. <laughs> Some people wake up to an alarm clock. Some people wake up to an alarm cock stuck in a dog's puss. For that, I'll be ever grateful, sweet prince. R.I.P. And then we, we called the guy who had the mobile dog incinerator. <laughs> Is that really a thing? Yeah. Very much so. Uh, yeah, I'll tell I'm not going to tell a story. I'll t- I'll tell you guys off pod. <laughs> I mean, you've already said dog puss, so Yeah, that's sure. funny though. It's just a guy <laughs> with like four jerry cans in the back. It's of a very head. it's a no, it's a long complicated thing. I'll tell you I'll tell you later. Quit pushing, because I'm not going to say, and this isn't good content. Move on. We're getting into the third act here. Roy the dog. He stops and growls at Gallagher as he leaves. Beck comes in and starts asking for an explanation of what's going on, because he's been in the police force a long time, and he's seen some wild shit, but he ain't seen nothing like this. Gallagher says an explanation won't help. You ain't seen nothing yet. Bow, bow. <laughs> What I'm after is still out there, and now I don't know where to start, Gallagher says. Beck Beck orders Gallagher to be arrested. What? Back at the police station, they bring Gallagher's personal items in to Beck, which includes the crazy silver gun that he pointed at uh, Brenda. Rim comes in with some more information and tells Beck that Seattle FBI states that Gallagher... And his friend Stone were killed in a forest fire. I am his real. friend Stoned was never found. They were hunting. Were they hunting? Rim also shows a picture of Stone to Beck. And it's Gallagher. What? What? Did you turn it off? No, I sped it up, though. Okay. Have you seen this boy? <laughs> That's a... Guy on the milk carton. At Lieutenant Masterton's house, uh, our boy Roy here, the dog, is looking at himself in the mirror. And then he decides to jump through a window on a door and knocks the shit out of uh, Lieutenant Masterton here. Such a bummer those Norwegians were such shitty shots. (laughs) Did anybody notice what fell on to Lieutenant Masterton whenever the dog knocked him out. Like he knocks him into the refrigerator, right? Mm-hmm. And then he falls back? No. Yeah, two berries and a Twinkie fall like right on his dick. Like two berries like in the... Like fruit. 
Right. And then a fucking Twinkie and a wrapper fall. Kind of like I'll you would s- take two two round things and one long thing to make like a little wiener. Yeah, I think this is a wiener joke is what I'm getting at. And Twinkie's full of white cream. <laughs> I'll send a picture of it later. <laughs> Did you save it already? No, not yet. But when I watched again today, I noticed that. I was like, what the? F-? I was like, was that a dick joke? You're and I was like, <laughs> another star. You're sending a picture from the movie, right? Not your <laughs> side by side. You're not side, recreating. Bro. Yeah. I'm going to recreate too. I'll take uh, get the lighting right, but we'll see. Back at the police station, Beck interrogates Gallagher and lets him in on the new information that he's learned. Uh, his real name and all the other shit that came along. Beck says he wants the truth, but you can't handle the truth. Uh, Gallagher tells him these people were not human and that they switch bodies when one is used up. He says he's missed his chance when it left uh, Brenda the stripper. Gallagher says it will now come after him since it knows it's here, but he also needs a space gun back because that's the only thing that can kill it. Uh, he's been tracking this thing for nine years. And uh, Gallagher adds, your time. And Beck does not like this and locks Gallagher back up. <laughs> good uh, good transfer shot there, though, with, uh, with the fucking jail cell closing on his face. It's pretty good. No? Yeah, and then yeah, there's that. Right. There's that star wipe right after. <laughs> Are you talking about Men in Black? No. Just talking okay. about a wipe effect. <laughs> Pull up a iMovie. You can you'll you'll see it. <laughs> it's preloaded. Beck returns home, but is very bothered about what went on and he can't sleep. Uh, Lieutenant Masterton has returned to work, and he talks to Ed. You think it's that, not the fact that he's shot in the shoulder? Uh, he seems like he's worried more than... Beck took a bullet to the shoulder. It's not, it was a scratch. Yeah, he's a real tough guy. I can't believe you don't like Detective Beck. No. Nah. Masterton returns to work. Uh, he sees Ed. They talk about the senator and where the speech is taking place. And he continues on as... Because he's done. He's got that his information he needs. Uh, in the police lab, the tech uses Gallagher's space gun and blows a hole through the fucking wall, causing a giant ruckus. Uh, this allows Lieutenant Masterton to uh, come into the lab, get the space gun... And also a few other weapons from the evidence cages as well. Masterton runs into Beck in the hallway and asks him, asked him where, asks him where Gallagher is. He says he's already locked him up. Masterton points the gun at Beck and says, "I've already shot you once, and I'll do it again. Now take me to Gallagher." Beck knows something's up now. Masterton starts opening fire on the other officers in the building. They move in on Masterton and. Beck makes a move and grabs a space gun. Masterton is shot, but he's not dead. Because, of course, it takes multiple bullets to kill one of these things. Uh, Beck orders the building to be locked down and goes to get Gallagher. So if you shot him, like, dead center, and 
let's say you're using a Punisher, which has piercing power, right? <laughs> and uh, if you hit the alien inside the, the chest cavity or the stomach, this thing's surviving that? This thing's not getting hit? I mean, it is from outer space. It probably has a good exoskeleton on it. Uh, good call. Good well, call. Do you have any kind of rifle with thermal scope available? Yeah, that's true. Really pinpoint where that thing is. Now, here, if you use the Red 9, it's only three shots. Yeah, but if you ain't got that stock, though, you're realistically more like seven shots because you're going to be panicked. Yeah, that's true. You'd be a little wobbly. You don't want to use a pistol against one of those in the first place. Well, I mean, you could drop down to assist it if you're trying to go for that minimal run. Would you guys play the hidden if Capcom made it? Sure. Just like Resident Evil 4? I'm not picking up like every Capcom release. Yeah. I mean, I'd try it, you know, if... Kron, you're doing S plus plus hardcore runs over here. You got every fucking Capcom release, dude. S- Show me your S- fucking Street Fighters. Who's S plus professional? It's harder than hardcore. F- fucking nerd alert. Yeah, he already did hardcore. Yeah. I've been done with that one. He jumped right into it, man. Impressive. And that was what? Your fifth playthrough? I don't know. Yeah, probably like fifth, fifteenth, fifth, fifth or sixth. You got balls, man. I did like four, you know, just casual build-up runs before I went for those S pluses. So, if you back get there anyway, you just jump in, dude. (laughs) I wanted to get a feel for it. Beck fills in Gallagher on Masterton. Still on like chapter five, eight. Thank you very much. He gives Gallagher his gun. Are you in the castle? He just yeah. So you're two chapters into the castle. <clears throat> Did you get past that catapult? Well, you must have been if you're at eight. I'm at eight. Yeah, I haven't played in a while though. Me neither. <laughs> I really wanted to. Well, not really, because last night I was like, oh, I should go down and play RE4, and then I was like, ah, fuck that. I'm just lay in bed, drink this beer, and. I watched Maniac Cop 3. That's a good night. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. But yeah, I probably should have played RE4. Uh, He gives Gallagher his space gun back, and they head towards Masterton. Masterton, meanwhile, has made his way through the jail by throwing a grenade and blowing it wide open. A shootout ensues between the three men. Beck and Gallagher are pinned down in an empty cell, with Masterton in the hallway. Masterton asks Gallagher how he found him. Uh, He starts using Gallagher's alien name. Masterton tells Gallagher that they could take over this place because the human race is weak. Uh, But Gallagher, he's not into that. Masterton... uh, I mean, show some fucking respect, man. We build these great Ferraris that you fucking love. And We produce this great. great punk rock and metal... So, it does seem like uh, they love it here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why they wanted to take it over. Hitting up all the strip clubs, cruising, touching boobs. Yeah, but when you take over, are you going to be able to produce the art that you love so much? 
No, you didn't think about that. Hmm. You got a point. It's true. Masterton turns around and shoots Danny Trejo. Full head of hair on him in this movie. <laughs> looking good. Looking young. Mm-hmm. Beck pushes uh, another round of bullets into Masterton and takes cover. Justin Masterton uh, walks up and appears next to him with an RPG. Beck swings over and shoots Masterton in the head, which pushes the RPG down the hallway instead of the cell and blows up down there. Uh, When all the smoke clears, Masterton's gone. Beck gets pissed that Gallagher didn't use his fancy space gun on him and asks why. Gallagher fires the gun at Beck and hits him. He says, it doesn't work on human flesh. Space gun Gallagher says, look kind of goofy. It's just like a... Sprinkle uh, light? Yeah, like a... Sparkle light? Sparkly yellow, like animation light. Yeah, it's a OG Star Trek effect. Yeah. Gallagher says that Masterton will need to change soon, so they follow the blood trail to an office. They find Rim inspecting his body. Gallagher asks who else has been in the room. Rim says that Willis went to go get a medic. We cut to the senator here. He's showing up at his big speech. Beck gets a call that Willis is there. They speed over to catch Willis. When they arrive, they stop. they're stopped at the door. And Willis is up on the stairs already, and he sees that they're there. Uh, he starts walking the halls. I recognize this hotel from not another teen movie. This is where the prom takes place. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Phone's referencing the one DVD he owns. <laughs> I did own that DVD. I'm trying to think of what Manson covered. Tainted Love. Tainted Love. It's got that excellent... uh, There's two really good jokes there. But uh, when the the boyfriend... Or when uh, Chris Evans is uh, the ducky sort of parody, the best friend that wants to go out with her, and he kind of... Evans runs out one door, and then the other kid tries to go through the other door, and it's locked. There's a great ADR line of like, why is this door locked? It's a fire hazard. (laughs) I think I watched maybe two years ago. I know I rewatched it again. I think me and Rach did. That might be my favorite spoof movie. I laughed. I would. It might be sacrilege to say I would put it up there with airplane and naked gun, but. Oh, dude. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'd go that far, but it's fuck. I think it's fucking stacked, man. It's pretty funny. I just remember the subtitles bit. <laughs> I don't. I can't remember if I went to that theater and seen that shit or not. Because I would rewind that part over and over. Yep. Mm-hmm. An officer stops Willis, uh, but Willis guns him down, and the shootout's on, gentlemen. A bunch of guys hide uh, hide the senator, 
Uh, and by this time, Beck and Gallagher have caught up. They start exchanging fire with Willis. Willis takes a few officers out and keeps moving through towards the senator. That's got to be so fun. Like when you're on a security detail, like when the shit goes down, it gives you permission to just push your fucking like detail around. Like, cause they just grab that dude and fucking bolt. Gotta go. Like how, like if you're secret service and you fucking hated Trump and there was like a threat on his life, how satisfying would that be? Like just fucking yank his fat ass around. Push him down oh. into a corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give me your gun. I'm going to fight. We got to empty this garbage all over you. <laughs> yep. Stay down, bitch. I mean, sir. <laughs> Get in the bathtub. Why are you turning the cold water on? Shut up. You need to shrink. We need to wash your spray tan off. Uh, Beck steps out and to shoot Willis but runs out of bullets and Willis capitalizes on this and shoots him a few times in the stomach. Gallagher empties his clip, but stops to check on Beck. But by this time, Willis has made it to the Senator. Gallagher shows up and there are a group of uh, men escorting the Senator out. Uh, We also get a shot when Willis does arrive of a lady in a closet. That'll come up later. Uh, Gallagher quickly checks the room to see if Willis is dead and sees that Willis is dead on the floor. Gallagher runs up to the crowd that's escorting the senator out and the senator stops and kind of gives him a weird look. So he knows he's changed. Uh, Beck is being loaded into an ambulance and asks if uh, they got him and Gallagher says yes. At the press conference later on, the police say that they have no motive on why Willis would try to kill the senator. And a reporter asks the senator if he's still going to run for president. He says, I want to be president. Uh, we cut to Gallagher. He's making his way into the press conference. people fucking eat it up, dude. Yeah. I they think that's – they should have not done the little look and the, sh- the full reveal should have been there. At the end? Yeah, when he stands up. Yeah. Because, yeah, they're in like a mad dash and he like stops and turns. Uh, He shows his FBI badge to the guys at the press conference, but they ask what's in the bag. And he's like, oh, shit. So he just bum rushes. Uh, The police begin to chase him and open fire on him. He rushes towards the stage, takes a few shots, but manages to get to the front of the stage uh, at this time, I'm FBI. Senator, Obviously, I have a flamethrower bag, right? I'm a flamethrower bag investigator. Duh. That's what FBI stands for. Standard. Out of the way, flamethrower unit. <laughs> I thought it stand stood for a female booty inspector. You can't do that shit anymore, dude. Oh, damn. I lost my license, too, yep. a long time ago. Uh, at this point, the senator has also noticed uh, Gallagher and starts firing at him. Uh, but in all this chaos, he manages to get the flamethrower out of his bag. Uh, the senator what? is also my burp. No. Senator is also taking shots at Gallagher, but he's able to hit him with a cloud of fucking flame and sends the senator to the floor, burnt up to a crisp. And all of a sudden, this slimy-ass creature starts to emerge from his mouth. And the senator 
of the Senator, and this allows Gallagher to use his shiny space gun to destroy this motherfucker, and this creature blows up. This is also when the audience is finally like, oh, he's a bad guy, the Senator. <laughs> He just like every politician, dude, told you. He wasn't looking out for me, the little guy. <laughs> He's full of space slugs and shit. Holy fuck, they are lizard people. Back at the hospital, Beck's in really bad shape. And Gallagher sees this because he's there as well. Uh, he goes into Beck's room where Beck takes his last breaths and dies. That's it, guys. Uh, Gallagher opens up Beck's mouth and shoots a yellow ray of sparkly light into uh, Beck. <laughs> the doctors rush in to find Gallagher dead on the ground. Uh, but after a few seconds, Beck wakes up. His family comes in and gives him hugs. His daughter is very hesitant to uh, come towards her dad. But eventually she does and grabs his hand. Roll credits for... The Hidden from 1987, gentlemen. These poor doctors, man. People keep dying in rooms and then the people next to them keep getting up. Like, what is going on? Getting a shitty (laughs) Yelp review. Yeah. What were you going to say, Kron? It's cool that uh, when she finally does take his hand, they basically, uh, they, they just recreate the shot from Predator. (laughs) (laughs) dad you son of a bitch Mm -hmm. (laughs) what's the matter FBI got you pushing too many pencils (laughs) upon further research gentlemen this was released October 30th 1987 with a budget of 5 million dollars and a box office of nine point seven million. Jack Schroeder's favorite movie that he's made, according to him, and he made Nightmare Two. Yeah, uh, Michael Norway, who plays Beck, turned down the role of Riggs and Lethal Weapon to do this movie. Uh, set in Los Angeles, also a buddy cop film, as well. Of course, the role went to Mel Gibson. Beautiful Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Where the tumbling tumbleweeds. Ah, but that's all I got really on that. I didn't watch any of the director's commentary, but I'm sure there's a hell of a lot more information. I guess it's time to play... The Harem Club's favorite game. It's Rate My Letterboxd. Rate My Box. Damn, we got a user rating. Gentlemen, at the time of our review from The Hidden from 1987, directed by Jack Shoulder, the Letterboxd user rating is sitting at a 3.6. Ron, would you like to uh, pretend to cut me off and go first? Hold that thought, Bones. Uh, I'll go first here. I'm going to give Dan a 3.5. 
I'm going to go Bones 3.0. Dan 3.5. Cron 3.0. Bones, I'm going with the 4.0. Cron Howard, I'm going with the 4.0. All right, guys, the hidden. Uh, I was pretty back and forth on what I was ultimately going to give this one. Um, I mean, right off the bat, I do think you get some of the strongest nine minutes like that I've ever seen. That whole car chase, um, having two guys carrying a big plate of glass that a Ferrari runs into. I mean, that shit is fun. Um and then, I don't know, there is some stuff towards the end, like, you get a flamethrower, you get a bazooka firing, um, it does a lot of cool stuff. I guess it's just, I don't know, like, the middle bit of it doesn't, it, it kind of treads water for a bit, but, I don't know, I don't want to say too much, like, negative about this, um, had a really good time watching it. I do think it's got this cool kind of, um, like, L.A. punk kind of soundtrack to it that, like every time a song kicks in, it kind of like heightens the scene. Um, and I don't know, I could see this as like, you could have a really fun double feature of this first and then repo man after I think that'd be like a badass double. Um, I think ultimately I'm going to be 3.5 on this. The rewatch, I could move that up pretty easily, I think, but 3.5 for now. I was also a little torn coming into this. I could kind of sway within a 0.5. Uh, I'll echo what you said. I think the opening of this is pretty awesome. And the end of the movie has some stuff that should sort of mirror that in terms of classic action elements, but I don't think it delivers. I don't know if it's the performance or if it's the writing of Beck where it just didn't connect. I didn't, I never got the sense that he was a, a capable, capable detective. They never really gave him anything to sort of solve or figure out. He's always being reactive. He doesn't really go out of his way like to, to seek anything out or to solve anything or connect anything. Uh, I think you're supposed to just sort of rely on that opening scene where we show his balls like of him going to shoot the Ferrari at the roadblock. Uh, McLaughlin's good. I think there's a little bit. They show their hand a little too much with the reveal. I, I don't know. Maybe another cool alien puppet sequence or something to kind of hold you over in the middle. This, like I said, I was kind of holding out and I thought maybe revisiting the plot would, would bump me up. But I think if anything, it bumped me down. So I'm going to go a 3.0 on this. All right. 
the hidden works for me. Uh, I want to thank Cron Howard and, and Bones for allowing me to be part of Five Day Reynolds because I think if I watched this movie before we had a podcast, it would just be like, eh, whatever, you know, cool. But I think with some of the movies that we covered in the past, I think it's kind of made me appreciate these types of movies a little more. And on my rewatch today, I think everything just hit. The soundtrack, even the non-songs of the actual soundtrack, like the craziness of that, like the standoff when he's coming through the blockade, um, really worked for me. I think the acting's pretty good here. I I like Beck. I think there's enough heart there with them with the family and stuff like that. Um, I like the bleak ending. I think it's because if you think about it, it's like that's kind of fucked up. But uh, I don't know. It just really worked for me at, at my first viewing. I think I was with Bones. I needed a little something, maybe a little bit something more action-y. But I think you got enough with Brenda, like her saga. And like I said, the Karan's nine minutes of the beginning is awesome. So, yeah, this is a four for me, man. It's It just works. Did we lose Karan? Oh, we might have lost Kron. It looks cool, though. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sweet. We'll see what happens. This, it, to be fair, Dan, this on paper should be a high level for me. You know, it, yeah, it's it's got know. all the elements of a Bones movie. I just... You gave I, Alligator a, a four last week, so... Yeah. I just... I. Sometimes it's tough to to sort of explain what's not connecting for you, you know? And on that Oh, he's totally gone. Kron? We could say whatever the fuck we want about Kron right that now. Dude, he fucking we were gonna kick him off in like five episodes anyway. Nah. I don't know. Um I can see this one maybe with with further reflection, but like I said, I was kind of holding holding out for the the plot breakthrough, and and I wasn't necessarily bored, but nothing nothing clicked. Like, oh, that works for me. Or I, I did don't you know. did you do twice? Or I did I did like two and a half because after the second watch, I was like, what what's going on? Like. Come on. So I started it uh, today and got about halfway through and was just genuinely. And you know how it is. Sometimes when you watch the same thing multiple times over a few days, you're just sort of eh. disconnected. But it'll still live pretty high. I mean, I can do this math right now. This thing will average out a, at a 3.5. Um, and while we wait on Quran, we'll just fish this information to him later. Um, with rate my letterbox, you got a 0.5. I got a one. 
and Kron got a 1.5. So still pretty tight. I don't know what those total numbers are. Um, I think you were at like 18. Yeah. Or some shit. I don't fucking remember. This, this is, is weird. This is kind of weird without the funny guy here, you know? I'm here. What are you talking about? Oh, nice. Yeah. But you know what? This is our this is our first technical problem in a while. Why don't it's we? Our first technical problem in two years. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad. That's pretty good. And now we're have one every week. Watch, mm-hmm. fuck. <laughs> Downhill from well, here, dude. Yeah, let's get out of here. Let's let's solve this, and we'll come back because it's Kron's turn. Yeah, he still needs to pick. Um, check out horror dress. The guys are on that. Uh, you gotta make your damn mind up Get on there dude <sighs> They seem like they're busy right now So I <laughs> I want them fully dedicated To the uh, Onslaught that I'm gonna put them through So Yeah I'll get there I'll get you Brantley don't worry <laughs> I'm coming and, uh, yeah, check out uh, the Patreon for Best Little Horror. We're on those, like we said before. Uh, check us out on Letterboxd. Check us out on Instagram. Check us out on Twitter. You follow, we'll follow. Yeah, we're, we're nice like, guys. We're like Q. Yeah, we got a lot more Thunder in Paradise coming. We are close to fin- finishing season one of the show, finally. Two and a half years in the making. So. Do you think I should go back and put season one on all of our episodes? No. Because <laughs> I can do that. I think you just put uh, in the description of the first episode of season two, just season two begins. I don't know. I'm so tempted. I know we, we've talked into like, you know, independently, like what, uh, what changes we want to make. I think we're, we like the show. We like what we're doing. So I'm not saying it's a open call for suggestions, but have you, we respond down... to, to critique. Oh yeah. We love it. Join the discord. You talk to us all day. Um, have you sat down and actually come up with ideas for season two? Um, I have one idea. (laughs) That's it. I have one category. That's it. That's it. That's all I need. Because I'll have multiple weeks in between. So that is one change. I don't know if we've openly talked about that. The categories for season one were sort of locked in when we decided let's pick 30 categories. And, you know, we would sort of randomly select them and and that sort of locked us in. And we decided, you know what, for season two, we're going to be a little bit more loose and maybe play into the zeitgeist, play into what we're talking about. Looks like Kron lost power. That's what this is. Didn't we say we were going to close the show real quick? And now you and I are just chatting. Um, so who knows? It, it may be somebody mentions, I don't know, like on the Resident Evil Patreon for George, we discussed 
the Resident Evil franchise. Maybe that inspires a video game category. Who knows? Wouldn't be bad. Yeah. Maybe we'll do another Bond-based category. Maybe, dare I say, I don't know, six or seven more puppet categories. A lot of Uh, damn puppet movies out there, dude. You know, Kron has that probably locked in. I've started to come through and and look what I what I want to do. Buy what I need to buy. So we're going. You'd love to see what these titles are back here. I'm sure. No, but you can't. You can't. <laughs> but I you think know, yeah, we're gonna be a little loosey goosey with the categories. So uh, it'll also help us sort of get guests i think i think that would be a you lot know. better yeah mm-hmm. we got to start subjecting other people to this we'll get i'll get fincher season two. Oh, there he is let's go um, ahead let's lock this show up before he comes in and makes fun of us and thank you guys we'll see you next week crash and burn crash and burn Hey, Crash and Burn. <laughs> Kron Howard's pick was Bananas and Pajamas. We'll see you next week. Kron, welcome back. Hey, thanks, buddy. <laughs> As we left off, I had a 4.0 in this movie. Well, you had a 4.0 in sorry, this movie. Dan. And Bones had a 4.0 in this movie. Uh, guys, the hidden would have an average score from the three of us of 3.5. That's me at 3.5, Bones a three, Dan a four. (laughs) This would end up at number 26 on the big or 27 on the big list, right below old Henry and right above. Hey, another movie from this category, alligator. It's below alligator or above alligator? It's one above alligator. All right. Bones, what were you going to say? Oh, I guess it's it's that it's that letterboxed bump. Yeah. On alligator. I was just going to make sure, uh, well, peep behind the curtain that, that Kron was recording. Are you recording, Kron? Oh, I kept my record going. Yeah. Okay. You know what? We're going to leave all this in. We're going to show the flaws, baby. Do it. All right, Kron, are you ready for Rate My Letterbox scores? I am indeed. The listener already knows this because they, of course, play along with their workbook at home. (laughs) Dan got a .5. I got a 1. And you got a 1.5. On your own movie, Dan. Uh, Bones would be leading I with a 20. thought I knocked it out of the park, but. With a 20.5, I would have a 19. Dan, 17.5. We have, what, four more? Three. Four more episodes to go? Yeah. 
for a rewind. Or we were going to do one at the end of the season, right? We'll just say that's off, Mike. That's a <laughs> internal conversation. I might want to wait. We got to get out of here. Kron's technical difficulty has extended the show way, way longer too, than way it too have. long. Yep. It's my bad. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> from 1987, The Hidden. Go check it out. Um, I believe you can rent it. Apple, Prime, wherever you get your shit at. Uh, but uh, for me, Laundry Dan, I'm going to say Crash and Burn. Crash and Burn. Welcome back, everybody, to the Five Day Rentals podcast. Uh, this is the after shower segment. I gotta say, there's a lot of worms being exchanged in that shower. Yeah, I was trying to brush my teeth. So it was a little rude to kind of then put your ass up to my face, Dan. My ass hurts. You're a tall guy. Well, that's <laughs> because I kept jamming the toothbrush into your ass, like. Oh, that's what that was. Take some doing. Bones is pretty tall. Mm-hmm. Is that one of those sonic ones? Because it felt kind of good at one point. Well, you still got to get that, you know, back and forth motion. All right, guys. It's time for the last selection of QT's Cuties. Films featuring actors who worked with Tarantino before they worked with Tarantino. Previously in this category, we had Alligator from Bones, and of course, The Hidden from Dan, which you're listening to right now. <laughs> Guys, I was pretty torn coming into this one. Um, had two selections, one bona fide classic, another one just an off-the-wall 5DR pick. I even threw this out to our Discord, and I said... Based on these vague descriptions, what would you rather see? It's pretty much tied. I guess in the last minute, someone else cast a vote. But I don't know, guys. I don't want to be accused of putting all these high, high-slotted films on the don't list. Don't do that. Don't, don't, earlier in the episode, bitch about being the man of the people and respecting democracy and then go against what the people voted for in your tiebreaker. I got to do me, baby. <laughs> There'll be, Hey, here's where I came down on it. One. I think that other movie is going to be a lot more applicable than the one I'm about to pick. And two, not a word. you know what bones, if you wanted it so bad, you could have put it on for this category. <laughs> so I was right when I guessed. What do you mean? I, I one of my look. guesses was correct. What do you mean one of your guesses? Nah, just pick it. Just tell us what we're watching. You don't know. what You, you have not said anything that we're about to watch. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, guys. This movie... 
uh, features Lawrence Tierney. So this guy was in Reservoir Dogs. He played Joe Cabot. He's like the old, bald, kind of big dude. The guy who looks like the fucking thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the movie that we're going to watch is from 1987. It's directed by Norman Mailer. This thing's called Tough Guys Don't Dance. This is a wild, wild movie. Um, this movie feels like if you gave Tommy Wiseau a copy of a David Lynch movie and a pile of cocaine and told him to get to work, I think you would end up with Tough Guys Don't Dance. Uh, also in the Tommy Wiseau of verse, like, I think this movie, this was Canon's kind of like step forward into prestige filmmaking. Uh, they got Norman Mailer who was like a playwright and a novelist. And they said, Hey, just do whatever you want. Here's $5 million. Uh, and all the kind of like run up was like inventive new neo-noir, like, you know, drama filled, uh, prestige picture. And then I think this thing had like a screening at Cannes where people were laughing at it. And then after that, Norman Mailer was like, no, it's a comedy. Like I did, I did that on purpose. It's not, (laughs) I don't suck. You suck if you don't get it. So, um, I don't know. I think this is going to be a fun one for the pod. I think it's going to be a weird time. I've watched chunks of this movie and I'm very confused by it. <laughs> Dan, have you seen this? I have not seen this, but I've I've heard about this movie multiple oh, multiple podcasts that I listen to have have commented and and brought up this movie. So it's got your Barry Lyndon in it, huh? Oh yeah. Um what's that? Ryan O'Neill. Ryan O'Neill. Yep. Didn't who released it? Was it? This is Canon. This was a Canon. Oh, was a Canon. Yeah. Okay. But I think they were kind of trying to like get away from you know the death wishes and whatnot and make a real movie and in true Canon fashion, <laughs> uh, tough guys don't dance was the real movie they made. Wasn't it hard to find for a while? I think. Yeah, kind of like historically lost. Um, okay. And then vinegar syndrome. Uh, I think like three or four years ago. Which this is kind of a weird one for them to even pick. Like this doesn't necessarily feel like a a vinegar syndrome release to me. So, but if you love bad acting and bad southern accents, um, this is a. <laughs> A fucking buffet, dude. I mean, strap in. Fuck yeah. Bones, do you know about this thing at all? No. No, I have I think I've seen this when looking up... Uh, who is the other guy in this? Wings Hauser. Yep. Um... I was looking at his filmography not too long ago for some reason. I forget what he was in that I was watching. Or it might have been... Oh, I see what it is. He is in a movie that I almost selected. And I went down the rabbit hole. He did a few canon things, I think. 
Yeah, Wingshauser um, is like uh, notoriously kind of a crazy, you know, difficult guy to work with, I think. So, um, Beastmaster 2 <laughs> is what he was in. And then how did he fucking survive being in the Insider with Michael Mann? Holy shit. Dude, I'm stoked. This is a good pick. Pendulette. Yeah. Pendulette plays a crazy character. I mean, this movie, so I kind of have watched chunks of it the last two days. And it's like the first 30 minutes is fucking fun, dude, because it's just so insane. Right. And then it kind of rolls into like the, you know, middling part of the movie. Um, but I, like I said, it, it is insane writing, insane acting. And everyone is doing like a, I don't know, like a Florida panhandle accent. It just is so <laughs> fucking weird. Um, it'll be a good one for the pod, I think. Cool. And we'll do the other one. What did he guess? He I, said what I guessed it didn't work, so I don't, I won't, or it wasn't it, so we won't need to put it out. I don't know what all Bones guessed. How often is he guessing? All I time. guessed two. I guessed two. It's fine. This thing is off the rails in my mind. It's like I thought we'd be done in two, and we are at... <laughs> Can I tell you, the other yeah. concern with picking the other movie... Like, I know that you... You both at this point know what my last category is. And Bones, you know the actor that's in that movie. <laughs> so I would have been picking two, okay. Three movies in a row, essentially. <laughs> yeah, that would have been fucking cool, man. We'll do the I, other one. <laughs> I thought maybe, I actually thought maybe you would pull that out for this one. I thought maybe you would bump it up and, and, do a different category, so. Yeah, but that last category just I know. bookends the and, podcast so well. I know, and I've been sitting on that information for a year. <laughs> Dan got I it. Can't wait to watch that fucking movie. Dan got it at the last one. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Oh, okay. I got what at the last one? What the last category is. I know what the last category is. Mm -hmm. And I know what the movie is. So we and I know what the last movie it. is. Oh, you do? You don't know what I the last. I guessed it right the other day. You don't know what the last movie is. Yes, I do. No, I told you that's not and it. And the listener will find out in a few weeks. But before the, the time last movie is mine. Cool. <laughs> and it's going to be foreign. Well, before we get into that argument... <laughs> We're going to have to get through Tough Guys Don't Dance. Can't wait. Um, I don't know if this is available to stream like anywhere. So I'll let you guys borrow my copy of this thing. Thank you, Craig. I looked it up on Just Watch and it was like unavailable. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, let's start taking this into consideration a little more often maybe. Nah, uh, uh. Season two is not going to be good for that. Let's see, we go deeper down. I tell you what, we need. I I have to buy some DVDs for season two. 
the fuck? I'll say that much. I am the I am the people's podcaster here. <laughs> Streaming sucks, dude. Yeah, it's fucking awful to just press a button and watch a movie. Not spend I mean, thirty five dollars to some fucking hipster. Who? What you get for free? Listener for doesn't this podcast. Listener doesn't. They could. <laughs> They're real movie fans. They already. That's have true. It. I guess there there is a pipeline to these movies. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is ask. <laughs> We're fucking, we're trying to spread business, baby. You can, uh, That's what we do. you can, uh, rent it from the store. Yeah. When are one of you going to reach out to Shout or Vinegar Syndrome and say, we would love to do like in partnership sort of podcasts, like with your releases or something. You know what I mean? Like, Vin- I'm not the biggest Vinegar Syndrome fan. Yeah, I don't think Finn. I, I think Shout would be the way to go for way us. Okay. Yeah. Well, then, then do it. Factory, yeah. You guys are a lot more charismatic than I am. I'm two in my head. I don't think we're we're not at the level where <laughs> who Shout who released would it. Um, Gone with the Pope. Grindhouse. Yeah, I think it's yeah. Grindhouse. Yeah, they reached out to me on Twitter and did not hit back. So they did not like what they heard. Uh, yeah. I thought they followed me when we did Gone with the Pope. They might have. Well, they sent you that cease and desist. <laughs> That's true. Is it hanging up back here? Guys. Huh. We're so close to the end of season one. Listener, if you want a season two, I'm gonna maybe just a few words of affirmation would be nice. Hit up that uh, Apple Podcast review rate. You can hit the five star on that fucking Spotify app or on your podcast addict. We're everywhere. Not Stitcher, though. That's too much work. Fuck Fuck those guys. Other than that, join the Discord. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. I don't know for how long. But uh, I don't know. Last week, it's just so weird. The the vibe in the room, it was electric. Going back to this standard record feels so weird. Dan's looking for a cul-de-sac in Atlanta to move us all to. So we'll Hell yeah. Send you guys some links. I would, you know what? I would love to do a... Uh, just a retreat. Let's just do a weekend, knock out six records. We'll do the Fanatic. We'll do Tombstone. <laughs> Go fucking Iceberg? Go fucking Iceberg. Uh, Cyber Christ lives. Some people wake up to a cock sucking a dog's puss.